You are listening to the Firecracker Podcast with Tony Rico. All right, so we are rolling here again with Firecracker Vice President Sean Brashear back in the studio. Welcome nice, back, Sean. Excited to be here. This is good stuff. Has it been a couple months? Yes, about two months. So there should be plenty of exciting information for we can catch up Lots on with to talk you. About. So uh, always fun to have you back in. Um, I'm going to try to to give you the microphone inside of ten minutes, and I think the last time I kind of was kind of a long intro. So I want to. Uh, uh, I think the first thing that jumps in my head today is. Um, Blood and sweat equity. The price you pay as a coach. So we talked a little bit the last time you were here about, you know, the predictability or lack of predictability that you would uh, be standing next to me and become the vice president of the organization and kind of what it took to get here. I was thinking a little bit about this weekend. You were on the road. Yep. Where were you? I was in New Mexico. So, 14U qualifier. 14 under qualifier. So hitting that road. So, you know, it's not always about the birth or the convenience or this. You got you to gotta get on the road. You got to gain that experience. So you headed out and sometimes that works out. Sometimes it doesn't. It's always great experience. But what was that like this weekend? It, it's a lot of fun. You know, it's, it's, it's tiring. You know, the weekend before I was in Phoenix, um, you know, with a couple teams. And so going back to back weekends, uh, meeting the teams kind of being around the teams more Obviously, so you just had how many hours on the field in phoenix uh saturday we got there about six thirty in the morning and and alan's team finished up at 10 o'clock that night because uh, they unfortunately lost their second game <clears throat> into um bracket they dropping that l bracket so uh and then on sunday so that was a six thirty to 10 o'clock back the next morning at six thirty, and they won themselves they won themselves away all the way back to the birth game which concluded about four o'clock or five o'clock on that Sunday. So it was like 24 hours on the field. So that's a grind. I mean, there aren't too many softball uh, players or families or coaches that haven't experienced that. And if you haven't, you need to. Yep. Cause I think, I think that's what tempers the player. I think that that's that, that body of experience, that, that sweat equity, that blood equity, that, that, that time grinding away and, and whether you reach it or not, you're getting that experience. I think there's something to be said for There's a lot of teams that fall short every year. But to me, their players are actually more valuable because they've been through the battles. Well, as I told the girls um, at the conclusion of that is, you know, the girls that have come before them that have played in the organization that are playing in super regionals or in the World Series or even if it's just Division One or Division Two softball, that they this has been the battleground of testing for them where they kind of cut their teeth to learn you know, what it's like to play on a stage to where outcomes mean something, right. you know, and which is kind of, you know, in today's hour 20 friendly overpriced one umpire day of softball, it's kind of nice to put them in a position of pressure and they need that. Right. And we, so we don't have it year them. round like we used to, but I think we have enough of it. Definitely summertime kicks in. Sure. Memorial Day around that time. And we've got about this what, is the fun time about eight, eight weeks of, of kind of grinding and, and seeing what you got and throwing it out there. Um, I think you made a really good point about the alumni. And it's something that, again, it's always important for me to remember to, to bring back in is that this path was set. The reason I'm, I'm not on the road every week, uh, it's not because I don't, uh, well, yeah, it is because I don't want to be, um, but Thank I've been you. on that road Thank for you. a long time. <laughs> and, and so I believe that the road has to be traveled. <clears throat> so, you know, I won't go into the war stories of the nineties and all the qualifying, um, journeys that we had, but I think there's something to be said for that. And so I think the message that we want a, a lot of our coaches to understand is that whether you're achieving that last piece or not, appreciate the value of your battle 
because being on the road, that's what we really call that sweat equity, that blood equity. Mm -hmm. It's all the time that you're putting in. I know we want to save money and convenience is usually a good thing or uh, uh, a good part of it's a good thing, but not if we don't have to work for things, right? So, yeah, the life experience of this is invaluable, you know, even for the coaches, you know, that are out there kind of learning, you know, going back when, you know, going through my qualifying times with the core team that kind of, I call my blood team, you know, that came up, um, you know, I'm pulling back on those as I'm out there in those experiences. And it's funny how, you know, having had those experiences, you know, readied me, readied me now for what I'm doing. And, And I can see it in the coaches that are kind of so invested because it is their blood team. I think there's a difference with that, you know, kind of becoming where I'm at in my role now sure. versus what that was at that point in time. And by blood team, you're talking about that team that, that you really bring up. You spend a long time with that team and it really helps you, helps you establish kind of your place. And then after that, it's turnover. Right. So you have players for a couple of years, like as we've had for quite a long time now, but um, that first time that you come up from 12 and under and take that team all the way through 18s or close to it. Right. Um, and how important everything is, right? Every call, you know, this umpire's pinching us or whatever it may be and how the reactions of that are versus you, you kind of learn, you know, the value of composure and, 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 and being able to handle a little bit of adversity because it's going to go a long ways, especially as you get into summer play, because not everything's going to go the way you want it. And how do you handle it? Let's talk a little bit about that. You know, again, <clears throat> this is the beginning of that season. So a lot of people out there in bracket play, and there's going to be a lot of intensity out there, but maintaining your composure, there's a lot of things that are going to happen that if you prepare yourself that things are going to happen, you're less likely to react like everybody else reacts. Correct. And that, that, isn't that really the dividing line between those that get it done and those that don't? Uh, Mike White, uh, uh, the Oregon coach, said one time, and I, I, this has always stuck with me, that more games are lost than won. You know, there are more mistakes and being made that determine outcomes of games than really games being played perfectly mm-hmm. and someone just outperfected someone else. So that experience is so valuable to our coaches and that's important because in the end, they're the leaders of their operation. And if their families and players see them, they're a direct reflection of them, right? So if they're falling apart it's, and getting, I try to keep a good, good light on it. So if they're, they're handling themselves, keeping their composure, people feel a little more assured about things. Right. And I mean, I go back to, you know, some of the first things you ever said to me when I first, you know, came to the organization, which was, you know, who's the, who's the pilot of the plane, who's the captain of your ship. And if the pilot was running out every two seconds to say, oh my God, we hit some turbulence, everybody, you know, start breathing through the airbag or whatever, uh, you know, how enjoyable would the flight be? And so, you know, understanding that the, especially the young players and even your parents need to see that you're in control and command of, of the operation of the game. And, um, you know, not to say that it doesn't get heated or contested in, in, in high level softball, of course, but, you know, I'm, you know, back going when I was coaching in 10s and 12s, there was a few buckets that got thrown. Sure. You know, and it's part of everyone's you know, part journey of and the right. journey of getting here. But understanding now that you can put your team in a better position to be successful and, and you know, train them to handle a, a tough inning. Right. Because at the end of the day, it's a you know, we may have that one inning where there's a, you know, a couple of mistakes, whether it could be our mistakes, an umpire mistake, and we give up two or three runs. And how are we going to recover from that and put ourselves in a position to win the game instead of feeling sorry for ourselves for three or four innings? The next thing you know, we're done and we lost and we're still talking about that, you know, in the huddle and or after at the at post game meeting. You know, we have to be able to adapt to the very next half of an inning and put together a good at bat. So let's break down the the <clears throat> the lesser experienced uh, operation or coach injustice, bad strike zone, bad call, something happens, kick the bucket. 
um, make the statement for your team. It's unacceptable. Uh, there's a little emotional tension there. So, you know, now you confront the umpire. So you address it right away, the combat soldier, right? Mm -hmm. We're going to go at it right away. In the end, is that more productive than not reacting, not kicking the bucket? You know, kicking the bucket, you know, it's, it's, it, there's no judgment here. And I'm always going to tell everyone I relate to the innate part of us, the, 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 the natural way that we are that I want to kick the bucket. I want to, I still want to punch somebody in the arm for not making a good decision. Like I did when I was nine, like I still have all those feelings. Right. It's the, really the evolution of what happens as you get older and what do you do with those feelings? So I'm not going to deny the satisfaction of kicking the bucket or yelling across the field, but in the end, what's the bigger story? You didn't hold your stuff together. You said earlier, I wouldn't want the pilot hitting hitting the button for the the oxygen to come down, and all we did was just take off. Right, <laughs> we hit a bump on the on the runway, yeah. and the oxygen master drop it down. So that's that's panic button city, you know. So so you don't kick the buckets, and then later on, it well, becomes more beneficial. Sure, and you see the teams that do hit that panic button that the pilot does hit the you know for the oxygen mask, and you can see by the second or third inning the team's hyperventilating, right, and the whole team, the whole energy sure. of that team is. Chaotic, and I've seen a lot of teams that are maybe more physically gifted than others, not necessarily be the team that sure. ends up winning the game. And I know you've seen that just because they don't know how to handle their operation. That's how you slay the dragon. Mm -hmm. That's the advice that we give to our, our lesser talented teams when they've got a big game against the giant is you get the giant to turn on itself. You get to get it to react to itself. But that is a learned approach. It's not a natural approach. You know, if you're naturally calm, I kind of wonder you know, how ambitious or competitive you were in the moment. So it's always going to be this balance of some, someone that's naturally calm has to learn to go after it a little bit more and the, the naturally competitive have to learn how to calm down. Um, and I'd have been the latter because I would, I was naturally more wanting to speak as to what was that moment all the time. And now being, you know, controlling that has been probably the best thing I've been able to do in the last five to seven years. You agree with, uh, I, I've used the term before, the, the comparison of like um, the, the flame. You know, everyone's got a flame. It either burns too high and you have to turn it down because it's going to burn your boot or you got to turn your flame up. You're never going to get anything accomplished. So there's a balance to that flame that allows, I think when it is balanced, it allows a really good pocket of productivity. And then it, it takes you to this place where, you end up making statements like, if we just follow the recipe, things things work out. And sometimes that means it's not always with the win. It didn't work out that way, but it worked out for this team. The bigger picture story and the bigger principle, the bigger um, concept is rarely as emotionally satisfying as, you know, instant gratification, the home run, the win, or this or that. But in the long term, we're getting a lot more done with this mentality. So, so that, that first weekend to jump back to that 25 hours on the field, uh, you know, paying the price, it's not always nice and cool in Arizona and no. so temperature started to go up, cooked you a little bit. Um, I think the most powerful thing I saw was that video that came back that was posted on social media where you came over to support the team, you sitting in your chair, you had one or two other teams with you and the numbers just grew. And listen, you can put two teams together or you can add people to the shot, but no, that was the Brashear culture. That was the firecracker Brashear culture. And I want to talk a little bit about that today. That was powerful, Sean, because yeah. if you're not, I'm in a different position. You know, you're in a position with your Brashear teams and, uh, you know, you've got a few of them now where you have to till the land. You have to put the time in with them. 
gosh, with your operation right now within our organization, that was the size of the entire organization back when you first started with us. <laughs> it's true. So, you know, and I relate to that and you get to that. So you're able to, to put that a lot of hands-on time and spend the time with these teams. And so they're able to appreciate what it is that you're doing for them. And you've built a very strong Brashear culture. It shows. Uh, I can see from my vantage point, not exactly on the inside of it, is that there's a certain, not dependency, but a reliability on what you do for them and then what they do for the culture. And I can see that they're not only proud to be firecrackers, but they're proud to be in the firecracker per sheer culture. So watching the video of uh, you had a team competing and it might've been their, their if game or their championship game. It was um, an elimination game and it was an, and it was in ITB. And so the, uh, another team comes over, you're all sitting around and it seemed like they were all cheering together. Yeah. And, and it, what had happened, there was three teams there, uh, Sal Mata's team and then uh, Armando Lopez and then Jeff Allen's. And they were all playing at the same time on like the three fields. So I was working field to field, kind of staying engaged with everything. And, you know, we hit the trifecta. We actually won all three games, which was kind of awesome. cool. But Mata's team finished first. And, and to give them credit, because this, isn't, this was not something that I went over and said, hey, you know, what I'd like you to do is to bring your team over, you know, and, right. and be there. They finished their game. They won a close game. They came from behind and won. They turned after their uh, team meeting and came directly over to Jeff's field. Um, and then Mondo's team had finished up and they saw all of us over there and their girls came over. So again, this was not a rehearsed or me, you know, Hey, you have to do this. It's a product of your culture. And, and mind you, it's nine 30, I think nine 40 at night. Sure. And so those teams had been at the field again all day long. Um, everybody's hungry, wants to go back to the hotel and the, the level of respect for this was, was to me the, the, the coolest thing. And then one of the parents started videoing it. You know, and uh, which was cool because yeah. the girls just really got themselves and Jeff ends up getting a walk off win and you could feel our energy kind of overtake that whole game and that situation, um, you know, against a, a really good Batbuster team, you know, and I think that, you know, for me as, as you know, like talking about for that culture. It makes you feel good, makes you feel validated, even for someone like myself, right? Who, you know, maybe people sure. don't think it matters, but it does, right? So go back to that sweat equity, go up back to all the hours that you're putting in, the drives that you're making, the, the San trips Diego that you're tonight. making. Yeah. I'm going know? there tonight. Yeah. So But but you're but you're you're reaping the benefits of it. When you're when you're doing what you need to do, you're reaping the benefits of it. And so what's happening is that long-term, it's not that instant gratification overnight, that long-term work in the land, work in the garden, you know, constantly nurturing it, but you're starting to see the payoffs of it. And I, it, it excites me because it's when it's tangible and you can see it online, it's always the message that we want. You know, I know that people in our organization and for the most part, they do their due diligence and they understand it. But when you start to taste your, your, the development of your own culture, there's nothing like it. So you had your wins, you had the success that, that you wanted to have that weekend, but really the most powerful part was the feeling of the culture, mm -hmm. right? And, you know, uh, an environment uh, based on uh, a certain philosophy, a set of principles, uh, it's, a, it's a gathering place that, that people gather. But when you, when you really nail your culture down, people want to be part of it. They appreciate while appreciate it while they're there. So go to nine thirty at night, and then whatever, how early the day started for all the teams, 
And yeah, hungry, want to get back to the hotel. But in the end, that becomes one of the most special moments of your career is remembering mm-hmm. times like that. And it's, it's pretty powerful. So took care of business in Arizona, uh, headed out to New Mexico with uh, Mark and uh, Roman, the Mark Fun and, and, yeah. and son, the, probably the best part of that trip was probably your car right there. <laughs> yeah. it, it didn't smell too good in that van. I think with with the, we'll leave I, it think, there. I think when when Mel told me you guys were taking the road trip, I, I don't know. I I think I thought of the movie road trip, and then I thought of Step Brothers, and I thought of you know a lot of different things. And my first thing is I hope they get there okay. But uh, so it came up a little bit short there. Um, um, but it is, it happens. I mean, everyone's got to go through that. So what was the car ride home like for you guys? Well, I flew back. So they <laughs> smart, smart man. <laughs> they drove back, so I'm sure it wasn't uh, it wasn't so great for them. But uh, you know, two really tough games in ITB that that didn't go our way, and um, you know, but some definite learning from it. And so, uh, what point did the competitive stuff, the uh, mother of this, and you know, does it shut off two minutes after the game and hours? It kind of just kind of blend into this learn perspective, or is there a point where it switches over to the learn stuff? Um, you know, I try to get through it real quick, process it, and then talk about what it is that are the positives that came from it. So that way, because they're planning in this weekend, and if we're still thinking about what was last weekend, this weekend, we're not going to be successful this weekend. So taking from the games and, and looking at the weekend in, as a whole, there was a lot of positives. You know, the team's really good and, and has a very good chance of doing well this summer. You know, but there were some things that we we came up short with and some things learned that we, we obviously we spoke about, so hopefully they don't happen to us again this weekend because they were both in ITB and a couple of things that we could have done better. But, you know, I'm always a glass half full kind of person, so I'm always going to try to find what is in, in what we've done that we can build from. If, they, if the same situations come up but they're better, then the, 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 the outcomes of the last week fed into their development. So it's, Correct. again, part of that bigger. So it almost seems like it's easier for you to adapt that perspective because you've just been doing it longer. So that transition into the mindset of let's look at the positives. Let's it's kind of like in, in the fall, I may send a runner home from second on a questionable decision because I need to see what's the likelihood of that kid being safe in the summer, right? So like I'm sure. always, sure. everything I'm doing is calculated, um, you know, so you're right. So there's things you take from everything you do, and it helps make you a better coach, you know, hopefully a better player, right? All those things, a better team when you move forward, because now you have those gained experiences as to, you know, maybe what we do really well, what we don't do as well. How do we hide those deficiencies? How do we improve those deficiencies, but try to maximize our strengths? Sure. Those are all things that as a, you know, as a coach, I'm always thinking to those moments and right, making sure that too, our opponent maybe doesn't recognize those said weaknesses that we may have. But those uh, that term of control the controllables, when you really do that, you own what part of the game that you can really own. Mm-hmm. The rest is just what happens. Uh, the you know what, where the pitcher is going to throw the ball, what the, whether they're called or not. But the but you have the ownership of your game that you really need. And to me, that's all we're going for. I had an alumni in here yesterday that I reminded her. I said, you you know, in one of our maybe the last game of our season last year, the outcome of your at bat wasn't there. And there might have been people that questioned what you did. I never questioned you because you're a very experienced player. I knew what you were trying to do. And the fact that it didn't work out doesn't mean it was a bad decision. It didn't work out. I knew exactly what you were trying to do. And so whether the ball was a little more outside or just hard for you to do what you wanted to do. But to second guess your decision making process because the outcome wasn't there. Gosh, that's like bringing in a professional and then you didn't get the outcome. And now I question your professionalism. Our sport doesn't get there a lot because it, that outcome is so 
can be so painful or so emotional about it. But boy, I know that you feel the same way. We'd want to reassure our players that I stand next to you in that decision. And I know it sounds funny, but I'd rather be in that situation than get a hit with no approach, no decision-making. The kid gets a hit, you win a big game, and now you're just escaping not winning. What really are you? You right. even have a championship trophy, a championship ring, but you're really just trying to escape the, 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 the bad outcomes most of the time. It's no way to play the game. I think acceptance is a big part of of becoming more successful as well because when you accept things, you don't fight them. And and so you're not going to – we keep going back to the umpire. I feel like we're going back to the umpire. But whether it's the strike zone or right. your team's performance or the fact that your pitcher isn't on today, whatever it is, okay, well, do the best you can do. If you're still making adjustments, you're observing and making the right decisions – you're still every bit as a professional as you have been, and you're worthy of every bit of what you've earned from this game. And yeah, the outcomes are what we are judged by a lot, but that's okay. On the inside of that track, we need to know what it is that we're uh, we're getting done. So um, the Brashear culture now is is uh, keeping you busy. You're out on the road, what, once or twice a week? and. Yeah, I'll and, be, you know, I try to get out to see everybody during the week. Um, you know, it gets a little tough, uh, certain parts of the year with high school ball and stuff like that. So they kind of you know, comes down, but now that high school's finishing, you know, I'll be back out trying to get to everybody that I can to get them ready for each weekend that they have in front of them. You so know? give me an example of what you might do in a week or how you might in a month cover, cover some of the teams. And I know it's, you're finding out it's hard to be everywhere all the time. Yes. And really your influence, because you're realizing now I'm there physically, but it's really what I leave behind when I'm gone. And is it helping sustain them? I mean, I'm, I'm doing it from my distance where I sit in this chair. So what's, what's that, what's a week or a month take you through what teams and um, you know, I usually do local teams on Tuesdays or Thursdays. So For there example. might be one or two. So you got like Lopez and um, <clears throat> Oaks, uh, Stephanie Pierce, uh, Alfred, uh, and then uh, some Alfred, Fred, Gomez. Freddy, Freddy. You know, he's got like seven aliases. I don't Depends know if he's like. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if he's he's a moody guy. He's got seven personalities. <laughs> I went. I, I he, he's like call me Alfred. Someone calls him Freddy. I go. I'm not good. A good enough friend. I don't get it. So it's Alfred. Alfred. All right. Uh, maybe I'm not All a good right. enough friend. I don't, I don't know. know. But, I, don't know. But uh, I wanted to hear him. And then San Diego, you know, I typically go on Wednesdays, but this week I'm actually going to go tonight and tomorrow night down there um, just because we'll of the way that uh, tonight I'm going to work with Hicks, Allen, and um, uh, Vince. Or no, Raul, excuse me, Raul. Tomorrow night, Vince and um, uh, Rookie, which is Kevin, mm -hmm. and then Dave. So um, who are the newer teams, teams to your. Bill Hicks and Kevin, rookie out of San Diego. They're both in, and, and they've really, really um, invested into being part of it. And the other one, Sal Mata, who's going to be there tonight, and he's the other one. Those three teams have really, you know, bought in. And um, and I tell them all the time, it's like, to me, <clears throat> you know, the results we, all, we, we know we all want, but, you know, I'm not going to be here pounding on your door if you don't win a national championship or qualify for PGF. You know, we want to see growth and development in the players. We want to see them knowing that they're happy to be where they're at and that they're truly getting something from this experience. Um, you know, obviously with that, we all want to try to win the games that we play, sure. but also kind of knowing where you're at in regards to, um, you know, team. Keeping a balance to keeping it. Keeping a balance to it. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. I think, um, but they've really, the teams that have bought in to me, to me, you can really see what they bring, you know, and that's, and to me, that's why you, when you look at the teams and see the track record of what they're doing, um, it's because they're taking in not just Brashear, but firecrackers are really truly investing into it back. Like what I feel like we did when I first came here, yeah. 
you know, as those. Why do you think? Why do you think some teams invest more than others? Why? Why some teams appear to f themselves, but don't invest a whole lot? And kind of have a term: if you don't plug it in the outlet, you don't get the power. We're not here to micromanage. You're not that type of, of right. manager. I'm not that type of, of manager. Um, but why do you think that is? Because it's 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 pretty obvious and consistent that those that invest have, have been successful. Yeah. Exactly. Um, you know, I don't know if it's um, uh, you know arrogance, possibly. I don't know. If that's too strong of a word. But you know, a lot of times, even myself, find you know I have the answer. Right. Like, you know, you know, so kind of a not a not a malicious arrogance, correct. but kind of a I know this. Right. I guess we, we, we would want that that confidence. Sure. And I think, you know, obviously, kind, of, kind of the you don't know what you don't know. I think there's always ways, you know, for example, Doug's working with us now a lot. And um, Doug Myers, Doug Myers, legend. You know, and, and, you know, like I've told Doug, you know, there isn't anything that I could do that you probably haven't seen. So whenever we're doing anything, you know, feel free to be completely 100% who you are and, and, and give it to us because I'm going to be the one learning from you. Right. And even though there, there are things that he's done, of course, and maybe I've seen them or maybe I've done them, but there's always a way to learn. There's always a way to take in the information, even if it's just in presentation, right. Or there's a, a, a use of a word that might help benefit the way it's taught to the player. Right. So to me, I'm not just looking at the drill and the specifics part of maybe what the drill is, but I'm looking at terminology. You know, I'm looking at time, whatever it may be, so that I and can. And it may end up being it. the complete opposite. It may be that there wasn't a, a a terminology or a word of this, but it was an outcome of his practice sessions. Like, how in the hell did he get him here? Because when I try to put my finger on it, but that's one of those weird coaching things. So yeah, he, and, and everybody has their way. And he Doug's already working, done. Doug loves working situations, and he's already done that for us. You know what I mean? That he presented things in a similar way that provided a different outcome, as in regards to our knowledge, yeah. right? So, um, and to me, that's where I think if, if of all of us would be a little more open minded to allow that to happen. You know, even though like I think I'm a smart guy, I think I know how to coach the game, but it doesn't mean that I can't learn more. Right. Right. And I think so sometimes maybe these guys that come in and, you know, they they were they hit 380 in high school or college and they got all league. And, you know, I got the answers. You know, I've been to the Padre games or the Dodger games. Right. And, um, you know, so I'm going to go show Tony, you know, I'm going to sure. go show Sean, whatever. And, uh, you know, but and they maybe don't feel like they need that. And I and I get that because I remember even when I first you know came in. Yeah. And my mentality was kind of like I wanted to impress you. Sure. Right. So I didn't necessarily call you with everything right. because I didn't want to bother you. Right. And I, you know, so I think some of that could right. be that. Watch so me throw the ball. Well, I have my own. Sure, yeah, sure. I have my own arrogance. But that, I think that's what, what that certain person that attempted to or did get it done on the field, that's just how they're wired. And we wouldn't want coaches to come in with this humility of like, okay, we don't know anything, teach us. You right. know? So we'd want that. The great thing about our sport is that you, I'd like to think that usually when you can't get past a certain point, you know, so it's year after year, you get to a certain level of the bracket and then it's pretty much the same thing. That outcome to thine own self be true. You we want to get, you want to do something different. You've got to get better. If you're getting better on your own, you're getting better and that's great. This isn't for us. It's been proven. If you plug in, you know, the system is very basic and very simple and then it can, it can progress to, to, to a lot of other areas you can really fast forward your learning curve. I mean, the whole thing is you remember when I, I would talk about, listen, I don't want someone coming in in a year or two 
and proclaim proclaiming themselves as as the same as someone that's been around 23 years but i also don't want all of you to have to coach 20 years to establish it's kind of like this balance and uh but i know that the, when the, when coaches realize that they invest in these things that we put in front of them we're fast forwarding their learning curve so you could be winning in the fourth year you could be winning in the sixth year you can be winning in the seventh year a lot of coaches don't realize god dang it, i've been doing this 13 years and still haven't still haven't like climbed a mountain um and there's something to be said for those that climb the mountain. There's something to be said for teams um, that have done something they haven't done before, uh, for a coach to do it, for a player to do it, for an organization to do it. Uh, gosh, I was talking to Beverly Smith of uh, South Carolina uh, this morning and, you know, to get to the play point in the mountain that South Carolina has never been before. And then the first thing out of our mouth is now we got to stay here. But I said, yeah, but you had to get there first. Right. And that, that stands for something. So I think it's an inter interesting point that you and I talk about it. And they come around. I mean, a lot of coaches do. And there's, you know, overall, there's tons of growth. There's tons of development. It's been a very positive move. You know, we want it for everybody. But I would say more do than don't. Yeah. You know what I mean? So even yeah, when absolutely. we're talking about that, it's not a negative thing. I, you know, it's more, no. it's more do than don't. And, you know, that's always the hard part within any teachings or, or program is that typically it's one or two that you're spending time trying to figure out because they don't want to be uh, taught or whatever, but then you got nine or 10 that are truly into it. And I think that's where, you know, I'm very fortunate, you know, on the Brashear side of things that, you know, really there's only a couple that maybe you know, I wish we're a little bit more yeah. into what we're doing and yeah. stay connected a little bit better because I'm one that I am available. Yeah. You know, if you reach out to me, I'm typically going to get back to you yeah. within 24 to 48 hours and, you know, help answer the question or prepare you for what you need to be prepared for. And, uh, you know, and again, that's maybe only one or two teams that are really not doing that on what I would like to see a regular basis. And maybe there's one or two guys <clears throat> or ladies or teams that, you know, they do have it all figured out in their first few years. And, and we'll be able to say in about 10 years from now, you know what? We had you wrong. Right. You really had it all figured out back in 2017 and 18. And I, I, I'll be honest with you, if that ends up being the story, I'd like to admit that um, it hasn't happened yet. I was, I was a guy, in, I, was I, like, I was in the guy in the nineties. So I was like, who are these fools up here? So I know they say it about who are these old fools up here that you win and blah, blah, blah. And man, then the next thing you know, you're bit slapped and you're, you're driving home and you're like, man, that old fool just schooled me. And then, but that's the, the great thing about the sport I said earlier is there's nowhere to hide. So, so if you're good, it's going to show. Mm -hmm. If you got some things to learn, it's going to show. Um, but it's, uh, I think overall watching our coaches learn the importance of culture, uh, learn the importance of behavior, then get down to the X's and O's or, you know, the, the small things that take place on the field. And, but to watch the overall success. And so you get it from two vantage points. Now you get it because you're still coaching. You've got the teams that you're running on the field, but now you get to sit back and watch the success develop. I think Mondo Lopez is a good uh, mm -hmm. example of kind of what's happening with him in a very short period of time. Mondo has had a a life experience that's much bigger than just softball. And so between his profession and, and his family situation, and so it's kind of, no, not kind of, it is great to see someone excel and develop that much in just a couple short years because he invests. Because Mondo's not about the glory of anything other than just the right, right. types of things. And, and Very he really humble. is the type of guy that... That again, it's it's fun to see him have that type of success. Um, and that was a feeling for me, and I think you know this probably better than 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 anybody in regards to like being in Phoenix and seeing Mondo's team be successful is almost like as a you know father, like being there and being proud of yeah, them because yeah. the moments about them was yeah. about their girls, was about their staff, 
and I'm, you know, to me, I'm just the piece that, right. you know, is, is there. But I, again, as almost like it was different, yeah. you know, as opposed to, I you get know, it. Yeah. It was really cool. I, really I cool. honestly, you know, I, I enjoy looking at my social media feeds because uh, for the most part, our clubs do a really good job of putting their stuff out there and, and you, you see the level of success. You see the amount of, you know, again, you know, we don't, we make it a point not to toot our own horn, but the success in the qualifying tournaments in the first two or three weekends, um, I'm not surprised by it. If we would have set those numbers and said that amount of teams needs to qualify and we need to be the, you know, then when, if you achieved it, it's like, okay, we met our goal, huh? you know, we met our quota, but no, it just happens as a result of things. So um, what do you think of, so a little more of a political direction now. What do you think of some of the things that you see I'm trying to accomplish on a political front, uh, on a bigger picture? So um, uh, specifically like working with Mike Stith of the Batbusters, and, you know, we've got some pretty exciting things coming up. We've got a, a Batbuster Firecracker recruiting event this weekend, and Mike Stith has invited us all to his place at STC, which will be the second time now that I've walked in there, and I didn't get shot the first time. Yeah. But what do you think about some of these things on the on the horizon and um, I think uh, anytime that we can have more of an inclusionary type um, sport, it's going to be better for everybody, right? The fact that we're working, not that there isn't a competitiveness to it. You know, I know if we played or your team played, Stiss team, you know, you both want to kill each other going competitively. But, That's how it started. But in, in regards to, you know, where this sport can go and how it's going to benefit that, these are the needed things to happen because it's going to grow it, you know, in, in ways that'll be... 10 to 20 years from now, you know, looked upon as some of the biggest moments in our sport beyond just, you know, who won PGF, right? It's going right. to be about these type of moments and these type of things that happen um, industry-wide uh, that I think will make a bigger impact. Because it's not the, you know, I'm just going to put it out there. It's not the ASA or the PGF or the Triple Crown or whatever it is. It's the teams that make those events. I mean, the events, if they're well run, that's great. They're structured great. But the teams are the life of these events. You know, I was thinking over Memorial Day, you know, we, we point our fingers at so many people in our country for this or that. But, you know, we are America, like the, the people that don't have the voice, the people that aren't putting it out there, the people that aren't writing every day about what they're doing and what's making them happy and unhappy. But we are the body of America. And when I say we it's all of our teams it's all of the organizations it's us we are making these events and it's it's not that we are the events because there needs to be a partnership i'd like to think that the partnership that you and i have and allowing you to develop your own persona your own brand but that balance of the firecracker brand with your persona has led to this higher standard of things we've had guys that hey it was just their road to be in this organization and go out and do their their thing on their own but nobody's went to the top of the mountain since they've left they all have their they have a good situation going but it is obvious what happens when you don't have the the, the that other partner with it uh, um, that can sustain, uh, sustain its own credibility on the other end so for me, what are the possibilities? I have this picture of, I don't know if it's going to be 100 coaches. Uh, I don't know if it's going to be 200 coaches. I don't know if it's going to be 50. I think we'll have a really, really good showing. But I remember watching a film uh, a few years ago. It might get loud. And it was with uh, Jimmy Page from Led Zeppelin and The Edge from U2 and mm. uh, Jack White. And so they were all going to meet in an interview and they were going to sit down and talk about their experiences. So you had three guys, three different styles of music. And they asked Jack White, what do you think is going to happen? He goes, I think a fight's going to break out only because it was the first time they were coming together. Now, no, a fight's not going to break out Saturday night with Batbuster and Firecracker coaches. But I keep seeing in my mind firecracker coaches walking in there for the first time and 
walking in there with confidence, walking there a little like, how's it going to be? Batbuster coaches. All right, we're supposed to be friendly. Or, hey, guys, how's it going? It's going to be really interesting, but I'm loving it because at the top of it or in the front of it is Mike and myself who have a story of that we can say to any coaches there. say, you guys want to talk about battles? You want to talk about what we've done to each other, with each other, the stages we've been on? You all want to be there. But we want you all to get to this point because if we can work together on some fronts, who's the beneficiaries? Our families from both organizations because I think we can get uh, we can get more done. Taco Bell Pizza Hut. Yep. You know, I, I don't know if I imagine a lot of those people like a get a breadstick and a. I say Inchirito, but I don't even think they sell those anymore. It's no, but those were good. I, I, I used to always get. Do that you remember the Bell Beefer? No. You're a puppy. Who out there remembers the bell beef? (laughs) My God, that was, that was, that was amazing. Um, So we've got this event coming up this weekend. Really excited about it. Uh, We're going to, we're going to spend time with Mike and myself uh, going over some recruiting points of the new legislation. We're also going to bring Derek Allister in. So on deck softball, I always say Derek's one of the leader and he and Joanne Allister are two of the leaders in the uh, recruiting industry because of their credibility. So it's not like they are service and product and, you know, they've expanded and grown quite a a bit. But when you talk to just about any college coach and when they respect, yeah, the, the, the word from the Allisters is, is taken for what it's worth. And, and, uh, so talking about being on the road, they've been doing it for, man. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Makes me, I gotta get back out there more. No, I don't. I'm okay. Um, but I'm excited they're going to be out there as well, and uh, we're going to see what happens. So we're going to keep it short. But the, the the goal is for everyone to understand the responsibilities that they have. Because for me, if every coach is going to walk around with the recruiting stuff and just question and do everything, like, like I say, the passengers of the plane are doing, then you're one of them. So we have to be able to present ourselves and communicate where we're addressing the same questions, um, but we are giving direction. So we understand what it is that they're saying and what they feel, but we're also saying, hey, we're going this direction. So here we go. And, you know, to prove that it's um, a committed effort and that there's responsibilities taken that um, that we're going to be okay. So I think that's going to be interesting. And then also coming up is we've got a weekend in the fall. So this is kind of like groundbreaking stuff. And we'll see when we release this podcast, hopefully before October. Um, but we've got a weekend date set in uh, October that I reached out and that Mike and I have generally agreed that we're going to make it a Batbuster Firecracker event weekend. And that'll be over at Rosetta Canyon. And then this winter, we want to pull off a Southern California Coaches uh, Conference. And that is uh, bring in the Mount Rushmore of NCAA Division One coaches. Uh, I won't mention the names now because we're letting them get through College World Series and and finish this, f- finish that work, and before we kind of ink everything. But we really want to bring something to, Cal- to Southern California that hasn't been done as well either. So kind of a united front with uh, Mike and myself, and be able to educate, be able to hear the testimonies, the stories of some of the leaders in our industry at the college level, but also have those takeaways because I think that clinics and seminars, you know, you and I were talking earlier, they can be information, but there might not be a lot of takeaways. And I think it's very important for me that I don't care whether it's this podcast, if you listen to this, there should be one or two takeaways. If not, and it wasn't entertaining, it's nice knowing you, don't ever listen to us again, but there should always be takeaways. So we've got some things coming up in the front, uh, up in the future that I think is going to be pretty exciting, but uh, hold on to your hat. No, I'm excited about it. And I, I, you know, the opportunity to work with Mike uh, in the fall, I think, will be good. Again, once this starts to unfold, 
and people, because sometimes everybody has to kind of see it happen, right? And and, and they're they're, they're going to wonder what it's all about. Oh yeah, you know, smell it. And the questions um, are are at a high right now sure. because we because there's nothing really to go by. So what is it going to be like? You know, going to be interesting. It's going to be it's going to be you know a good a good experience I think for not only the coaches but even all those families to see that there's integration between the two that can benefit both of both sides of this. Well, I, I think Mike and I uh, realize we've been talking for a couple of years now is we have a story that we only we can relate to. We're, we're doing something a little bit or a lot different in softball. And so we've realized the the common interest that we have. And in a weird way, if we don't look after each other in this industry, who is going to be? So, so you know, Mike taking the UAAA pride job and coaching out there right. and him asking me what I had thought about it. And it was really interesting because I don't know how we'd feel if I, if you know, I was saying this, but when he spoke about the UAAA pride job, man, his eyes lit up and he got excited. And, and you know, Mike's not a rah rah guy, but you could just see the emotional change in him. And I was like, wow, it's pretty obvious to me that you need to do this. Like, you need to, you know, he is working really hard. He's got that big facility there, you know, he's, he's, he's really hands on. It's like Marty Tyson with the Angels. I mean, it's a lot of hands on, a lot of physical work, but, I think Mike needed to do this for his emotional uh, wellness is just kind of break the chains a little bit, go out and work with these higher level athletes. Sure. <clears throat> I mean, these players on the pride are the best uh, are the best up there. And so I know in a, in a couple of weeks he's been there, he's had a good time. But I, I think that would sound funny for people to, to I, I think there are some people that would think I'd be competitively jealous or this or that. And I, 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 I hope they're pleasantly surprised that no, there's actually a lot of support and, and, you know, um, you're not going to hear of a bat buster firecracker merger and we're not going to, it's not that, you know, we're not going to, we're not going to be going that direction. I think that we can support each other and wish each other well, um, competitively. And then when it comes down to it, we do what we do because I like the fact that we all have different um, things that our organizations are based on because we're not all the same. And so it's, it's been a really, really, really good thing. So, so um, what do you got coming up in the next few weeks? Um, getting, you know, we got zoom, we got the camps, um, you know, getting all that information out. So it's busy, real busy. So you've um, got a camp in June. You've got, then we've got Colorado coming Colorado, up. Colorado camps there. We're a camp in Colorado and then, um, you know, getting ready for this, you know, PGF and stuff. So we have teams kind of going all over the different places and different paths you know, some that are, um, you know, going to be going through qualifiers, some that are qualified. So uh, my road trips for that are probably done for the for the most part because I got to get back in with the 16s and 18s, um, you know, this weekend. So a few of them are going to be out in Vegas that I'll have to kind of follow through, you know, phone conversations and whatnot. But uh, it's going to be busy next week's camp on Thursday night and then Zoom to June. And then I have uh, the tournament that I do with Triple Crown. Uh, the Invitational, which is a lot of fun because it's, you know, 16 teams in each division that are all, you know, PGF caliber, full length games, got to have a winner. So kind of true competitive play Pretty awesome. um, to get our to get all of our teams better prepared to compete, um, you know, for the summer. So um, so your plate is full. Yes. You're doing a lot yeah, of little, stuff. Little so you're not just running around doing Tony Rico chores and just no. like and no, no, I did, no, I did no, take no, the trash no, out, though, no, so no, don't no. yell at me. <laughs> But no room to grow, and it's just all about I'm, I'm suppressing you. And it's awesome, Sean. I mean, like that's you. I know you know this. This is what I want for you. And really, for any coach and anybody out there, there's plenty to put on your plate. There's plenty to to create on your own. There's plenty of 
of, of whatever it is you're, that you want to generate for yourself, there's, you just have to till the land. You have to do it. So you now being in multiple places at multiple times, you could not do it without a great support system. Correct. So who are your people that you rely on the most that get it done, that when you're in one place, they're in another place making sure everything's holding together? Who are your most you know, valuable? Roman Gallegos definitely is uh, kind of the behind the scenes, you know, sometimes in front of the scenes as well with me. Um, Would you, you say he takes care of a lot of the admin? A lot of the admin, you know, like the, you know, for example, the camp, you know, he built the email, you know, he'll, he'll conversate with me. We might change a couple, you know, words or the verbiage of it, uh, but he basically builds it and then uh, they run it through me and then we put it out or he puts it out. Um, and then he's handling all the all that background stuff. He'll do all the due diligence to make the camp professional because it's imperative to me and I know for you, you know, that when we're running something that it's it's a professionally based operation. It's running smoothly, quickly. Um, so everybody knows where they're supposed to be, why they're there, when it's going to be over, all those type of all things. fun stuff. So exactly. And Roman's been doing this for a few years. He's been doing it for a few years to where we have a really good working relationship. I yell at him a couple times where I got to apologize. But uh, for the most part, it's a really good working relationship. Um, you know, Mel Roth works with us, of course, as well with those yeah. things. Um, you know, and then we have kind of our, st our staff of guys, which are like Lon, Barth, uh, Tony, um, Tornero, that coach on my 18s. Critical for you. Critical. Mark Thornburg, yeah. you know, that they do, you know, Roger Argamanes, you know, that they're at these camps. They're the guys hitting fungos or whatever. And again, you know, they've done it enough with us to where I can build the format and tell them this is your role and this is what you're going to do. And they do it. And I don't even have to think about whether or not. And they do it for all the right reasons. They're all great guys. Honestly, I, I don't do enough for them. You know, I, I try to do, you know, obviously give them. I want to make sure we give a, a shot game right or something. Now. Exactly. Yeah. But. Um, I don't know though. I see pictures of you guys at the horse races, yeah, yeah, yeah. basketball games. We didn't win any, you know, we didn't win any bets either. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah damn it. But but you do so basketball. Yeah, so we try because these are all. There, not only do I, but underappreciated because it's like a lot of great guys and, and women of the sport. They put a lot into it. They don't ask for anything back. But I, th I think it's important to mention them. I think the the thing that stands out to me is that I've never heard once that when you're not somewhere that your operation's not holding it down. And I hear when that happens. So when, you know, someone tries to leave something and someone comes back and goes, well, it wasn't the same. They're kind of, it was just a big cluster. Right. And so your people have always been able to sustain your operations. And so it's given that, um, that credibility. And so, I mean, we're only as good as the people around us, right? Right. There's no way, you know, you could do this by yourself. You yeah. know what I mean? You know that as, as an organizational leader, this yeah. is this, yeah. it, the, the operation itself as, you know, Reagan and Juliana and all Melinda and Robin, all the people sure. that are behind the scenes sure. doing the day-to-day -day stuff. But, you know, and Lon, uh, his high school team, uh, Newberry Park, will be in the CIF championship game this Saturday. All right. So, you know, good excited for, for him, excited for him and his daughter yeah. Paige. Good and job, you know, so, so really good stuff. So, awesome. You know, those guys are imperative and they'll be out at the camps. And again, they won't, you know, maybe no one will recognize them or know who they are, but I do. And I yeah. know you do, you yeah. know what I mean? Because they're imperative for us to be able to operate the right way and to put together a camp that will benefit the fam, you know, the players and the families and for the colleges also to be impressed with how we operate. Right. So. Well, we never stop. Uh, we never stop learning. We all have a ton, a ton, uh, I say a long way to go and a ton more to learn. Um, but. I don't know, brother. I mean, it's been a good ride so far. I know we're not anywhere near being done, but we just keep catching waves. And I uh, just appreciate everything that you're doing for your people, uh, for the firecrackers. Um, like I said, we're, we're only as good as the people that are around us. And this whole thing is getting so deep and meaningful that it's just 
I don't know. I feel like, uh, yeah, I'm part of it. I mean, we have our positions in it, but it's just kind of fun to be on this. So appreciate you coming in, talk a little bit. We'll catch up again sometime this summer. Thank you. Uh, with uh, whatever is going on, the latest and greatest. And we'll just appreciate your time in here, Mr. Bashir. We'll talk to you soon. All right, man. Thank you. 